With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Penelope Flynn, and I'm here with the Bird Assassins next door here in the other hood. And this is, what is it? Ah, April 22nd, 2023, which is Earth Day and also Otto's birthday. So we're going to celebrate um, his birthday, along with talking about the message in the music. In other words, the sci-fi performers, performances that pay homage, that um, the performers and musicians pay homage to sci-fi in their music. So before we get started, let's get with the weather. And James, you're top center. You're a Paulin today. So let's know how's the weather in New York. Okay, right now it's about maybe 50 degrees. And wow. according to the forecast, we're supposed to get heavy rain coming in. Wow. Were you all expecting rain? This- no. This, I don't know where this came from. Oh, okay. All right. And, and Sonia, I know you are doing a con right now. So how is everything there where you are? Weather-wise and con-wise. It's beautiful. The con is Jordan Con. It's a great little con. They take very good care of you and and, and make sure you're having a great time. Uh, The weather here is getting a little colder, but not by much. Yeah, it's supposed to get down to like 45 today. Right now it's 62. Yep. So. What's going on over there on the coast? I have no, well, I'm not quite on the coast. I'm up in the hills. Well, to us, you're on the coast. <laughs> you're on the east what is coast the, on the coast. Hmm? What is what is Jordan Con? What is that? Jordan Con. It was originally a con that celebrated Richard Jordan and his book series, The Wheels Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Brandon Sanderson took over that series, he been, he's now honored in addition to his original works. Um, but they kind of they celebrate everything pretty much, but the fashions are definitely from Wheel of Time, and that's a series I haven't read yet, so I'm going to have to dig in and learn that that series and figure out what what they're, they're trying to explain to me. But they're lovely people, uh, lots of authors. They have easily, an author's row, there's easily at least 20-plus authors yeah. selling their wares and, and promoting and congratulate, uh, taking good care of each other. In addition to the guest of honor, oh. guest of honor. Um, hold on, I I wasn't familiar with his works either. His name is the writer. Guest of honor is Wesley Shu, hmm. and the artist guest of honor is Omar Rayan. Rayan. Huh. Rayan. Cool. So I'm learning about them. This is a area of genre that I hadn't played with before. So, so how long? How long does the con last? Uh, it was yesterday, today. They're still going at it. In fact, right about now, they're getting ready to set up for 
Jordan Con After Dark. Um, when all the children are supposed to be in bed, the con suite, they serve lunch and dinner as part of your ticket. Uh, so con suite should be closed up by now and getting ready to ser uh, getting reorganized to serve breakfast in the morning. Um, and there's supposed to be some dances and light shows and other things that they are inappropriate for children's uh, eyes. And a lot of the authors were getting together just to hang out and relax. Are you heading out for that? Uh, no, we're gonna. I'm gonna stay here. We get back home, and uh, you gonna head out tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow after I we, I do my morning stuff. Head on back over there. Cool. It's only right. like 15 minutes from our house, so it was really convenient. Okay, so Otto, what's the weather like for you? Uh, actually, it was a beautiful day. And, um, you know, when I hear Sonia talk about Jordan Con, we should have an auto con. I think an auto con would be cool. Okay. Like what happens? Every, well, a light show. No, no kids. Okay. And uh, just drinking and eating some of that stuff that James said. <laughs> a bisquick, a bisquick with some cheese and some oxtails or something on it, you know, something like that. But um, the weather is pretty good. Old English. And some uh, old E. Don't forget the old E. Okay. And some. Uh, so the weather was great. It's sixty, it's 60 mm -hmm. degrees in here. It's going to drop down to forty-five, which is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful day. All right. Okay. And how about you, Nikki? in sunny south florida okay right now it is 76 degrees and it's raining really so all of y'all are getting rain yeah. up and down the coast but see it's scaring me though with this rain because um it's raining today and it'll be sunny tomorrow and partly cloudy on wednesday but for the rest of the week it's gonna rain and what scares me is oh, i don't no. want to when the, the um, ground gets all wet, I don't want what happened like a week or two ago to happen again, you know. We just got yeah. our garage cleaned out. We just got the garage wow. cleaned out. Well, so, I hope you know. that it doesn't well. Oh, oh and by the way, too, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Happy birthday, Adam. Thank That's you. And, and, I, and, and, and so, Nikki... Call me when it's raining men. Hallelujah. Okay. You know Ooh. what? I'm not even going to say anything. Uh -uh, right? It's raining men. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, great. Well, Cranston, please rescue us. How's your weather? It has been in the lower 50s uh, during at night and then maybe up into the lower 80s during the day with... Uh, just enough rain to make it make you turn on the wipers, but not enough to knock the pollen out or clean your car. Oh, oh well, <laughs> it's like it just makes everything gummy. Yeah, mm. I'm, I know what that's like. I mean, it was incredible to me the first time I ever witnessed it. I don't know what that was. It's just yellow, just yellow. The first I thought it was dust, it would know. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, heavy yellow pollen 
All flower over. sex. It's flower sex. Uh, I never, never seen anything like it. It's just incredible. I mean, just flower all over the powders, everything. I don't know. You know, I don't know if people are there that time, but it's just all over everything. All right. Well, now that we know our weather, it's time to get to it. Um, we were having a discussion, I think, in a car about something or other, and we started talking about the fact that so many uh, singers, performers, whatever, that have science fiction uh, attachments to their songs. And in the graph that we posted for the show, you see some of the ones you know that we mentioned, of course, you know, like uh, the Rocket Man with Elton John, and of course the Mothership Connection, Apollo with Punkadella, this Earth Wind and Fire, you know, all these. And um, so I just want to talk a little bit about that. These, the songs, performances, you know, that, you know, we enjoyed or that we were, um, you know, fascinated by when we were kids or and adults. Uh, and I guess, you know, I'm, I'll, again, I hit up the top center and I ask you, uh, James, what are your sci-fi go-tos for music? What, or what musicians did you get that sci-fi feel from? Well, when it, when it comes to sci-fi, of course, is, is Parliament Funkadelic. I mean, you can also go uh, for horror for Parliament Funkadelic too. You know, in fact, it was it was almost like um, Funkadelic was kind of like the horror sci-fi side, and Parliament was was the was the sci-fi straight up side. But if anything, we have to mention Jimi Hendrix. Okay. okay. Jimi Hendrix was such a sci-fi fan that when he was growing up, he had everybody call him Buster, as in Buster Crab from um, Flash Gordon. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not and know that. when it came to his music, he was heavily influenced by Philip Jose Farmer, a, a sci-fi writer. Uh, he was he was influenced by Farmer to the point that um, okay, Farmer came out with a book called Night of Light, and in the book he talks about a planet that has a, a purple haze around it. Really? Yeah. So I am learning something entirely new today. Yeah, so that's that's where you got purple haze. Um third planet from the sun. I think that was on his second album. Um what's the in fact the the first cut on Axis as Bold as Love, what is it? Up from the skies, I think is the title. It's basically uh a newspaper man interviewing a, a alien from another planet. That's playing saucer, yeah. Also with um, what is it? Uh, Electric Ladyland, of course. Nineteen eighty-three, a mermaid I shall turn to be. So hmm. yeah, Hendrix was very much influenced by science fiction. I had no idea. James is throwing down knowledge. I know, man. Damn. Yeah, I know. See that? Wow. That that's what happens when you eat taco bake. Uh, uh, <laughs> that that must be it. There's none yeah. of us do that, and we didn't eat any. So there you go. That must be the answer. There you go. All right. But yeah, with of course with Parliament Funkadelic, you know George Clinton, 
he he all, always had a, a a love for science fiction too, mm-hmm. you know. So um, and there's you know there's a couple other groups that you know, if I think about it some more, you know, I could could probably come up with with some more cool. influences. Cool. All right. I mean, I know well, Nikki. I know that you have like one of your major influences, musical touchstones. Yes, the song um, Fantasy. Uh, Maurice White was talking about the song, saying that when he saw the movie Close Encounters and they did the song Fantasy, which I never knew, they had a video. He said he wanted to, he did a video thinking of Close Encounters when he did Fantasy. Oh, yeah, and my other song, wow. too, is Yeah, I'm going to be corny. I'm going to be corny. Let me be corny now. Let me be corny. What's that corny song back in 1983? She's blinded me with science. Oh, yeah, Thomas oh, that, Dolby. Oh, that, yeah. song, that song ain't corny, man. No, that song yes, is great. Was. That, was, that, was great. That, was, that was a club song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, on the fantasy album, on the fantasy album, the song Jupiter. Yeah. No, don't take my song. That was my other song. I'm hanging up. He took my other song. I'm hanging up. Yes. <laughs> well, 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 you know, the uh, the backstory to that is the fact that um, when Maurice White wrote it, he was like under the influence. Really? Yeah. Of what? Of what? I think he had, I think he had the first and last time he tried LSD. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. He right. wrote that song. He wrote the lyrics to that song while he was on the dance floor. Well, the, the, that whole album, they said he was in the zone, so to speak. Huh. That's a good zone. That's a good album. That's a good zone. Yeah, it shows because that's one of my best albums. One of my favorite ones. Yeah. Absolutely. That one in spirit. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know what? I love that Earth, Wind, and Fire took that position like that because, and I did not know the thing about Jimi Hendrix. Um, yeah. But I, I, you know, growing up, I'm glad Earth and Wind Fire took that 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 kind of um, um, spiritual, extraterrestrial kind of kind of thing, yeah. because you didn't see a lot of black um, people in that space. I thought it was so cool, yeah. and and, and it, it helps also that that music was good. It was good music. Uh-huh. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't corny stuff or anything. You could you could you could be mellow with their music. You could dance to their music. I mean, there was all, they were all over Excuse the, the entire spectrum. Wait, 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 uh-huh. wait. How about, I remember the song All About Love, um, Otto, and when Maurice started talking about, you know, how he felt, you thought that was corny, <laughs> remember? Yeah, I thought he sounded, yeah, I thought he sounded stupid. Okay. But, you know, but at that, the same time, I mean, no, that, that's a, that you know, everyone makes errors. To me. But I no, it that wasn't was meaningful, meaningful to anybody, though, but. It but was. other than that, I mean, it, it, was, it was chill music. It was some chilly music. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's very interesting. You mentioned Thomas Dolby, um, and he's mm-hmm. blinding me with science. Today, when I was going, I was listening to the background with the music, and I was listening to, um, uh, what is it? Was it a Starman uh, with David mm-hmm. Bowie? And so it was just going on long. Yeah. Um, videos of Bowie and when Bowie did what was it a a band-aid I guess it was the concert 
and he came in, he performed after Live Aid, I guess one of the two, he performed after Freddie Mercury and Queen, that when he was performing, the band that he got together to, to you know, perform behind him, uh, Thomas Dolby was playing in that band. So I thought oh, this was kind of cool. I don't believe when you say Dolby, we talk about some Dolby sound and stuff like that. That's, yeah, that's Thomas mm-hmm. Dolby, man. He was quite a entrepreneur. Yeah, I remember when David Bowie showed up on uh, Soul Train. I said, what the hell? Yeah. I remember that. I, I, mean, that I, really, I was young. Yeah. yeah man. I said, <laughs> and that was, and when he showed up on Soul Train for that, he was under the influence too. Yeah, probably. Everybody is there. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he may be. I had never seen it. I said, what is this white boy doing on the soul train? Yeah. And why is he looking like that? Yeah, that was his thing. <laughs> was he still doing Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust then? Or was that the end of Ziggy Stardust? No, that was that was the end of Ziggy Stardust. Because she with David Bowie, if he came out with an album and... and kind of got into character after a while he would get bored yeah so he he was kind of like miles davis in that that he would you know go into another direction mm-hmm. yeah well, i've got to tell you that you know you know i remember like was it fame actually fame yeah. that's what he did fame yeah. i said man yeah this song is this song is kicking, but that dude looks crazy. And, and you know who was singing background on that song, right? Who? No. John Lennon. Really? Yeah. I th- was it? Was it Now Rogers? Wasn't Now the uh, some chic? Wasn't he involved with the laying down the tracks on that as well? I'm not sure. Find out. But I'm going to tell you. I mean, I thought. I mean, I remember that. In fact, when you say that the issue about Soul Train, I remember. Uh, when Elton John performed on Soul Train, the Benny and the Jets. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look as crazy as Bowie did, but that was just no. Out of but space, he always had those little big, big glasses. Remember? Yeah, it was out of space. It's out of yeah. space. Yeah. After you, after you see Bowie do his out of space stuff, nobody kind of comes close. Elton John looks kind of tame. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, David Bowie always had this this thing about extraterrestrial. You know, the man who fell from Earth. Yeah. The man who fell to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um. Of uh, uh, Captain, was it Captain Tom? Yep. Yeah. Amanda? Life on Mars. Yeah, yeah. It just and you know and, and I sh- I saw the uh, BBC series Life on Mars. And oh, that was so played- good. And every and it just almost makes you cry. You hear his uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. His song throughout the entire show. It was so on point, but it just uh, you know just the genius of Bowie. You know he couldn't mm-hmm. he couldn't really be contained. It's like this guy has so much talent he can't be contained by any earthly cares or something. You know he was, mm-hmm. he was outside of norm normal thing. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's showing that the thing that now Rogers produced was Let's Dance. Yeah. Yeah. David Boyd did something. It was always he was looking at it. You paid attention because he was looking at it from a different point of view. Right. That you may not have paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and um, does anybody remember the group Undisputed Truth? Yeah. Yeah. At Not one point. And there you go. <laughs> but at, at one point, they saw that they, you know, they really weren't getting anywhere. So they went into a science, science fiction direction. Hmm. Yeah, song? Is, it, is there any song that they uh that, we uh, know that they came out with? There's a uh let me see, there's a there's a song called Higher Than High. Hmm. Okay. Um I think it came out in nineteen seventy-five. And then the following album, oh god, the following album, the, the cover was definitely sci-fi because they had, you know, they they changed up to the point where they were were performing in like giant white afros and silver faces. How'd that work out for them, though? Hey, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, on the second album, it's uh, I can't remember the name of the cut, but it's kind of like a little scenario about um. Uh, a UFO close encounter, mm-hmm. but a- again, that was only for for two albums, and they went by the wayside. Then there, then there was a, a group from Brooklyn called Sky. Yeah, I remember yeah. Sky. Yeah. I remember Sky. Yeah, Sky. And when they would perform, they would wear these like spacesuits, looking kind of like um, I guess comic book spacemen superheroes or whatever yeah but i would tell if you think about the people who dressed like that labelle was yeah you know, patty labelle was, yeah labelle the queen but their songs so they dressed like the, that but their songs didn't really have that otherworldly to it did it i think their songs were very um located in the now yeah, yeah, but they they did have a song called Space Children. Mm-hmm. They they did have a song called Space Children, and um, to see them live, oh my goodness, to see them live, it was an event. I saw them in Central Park the year their last year before they broke up, mm-hmm. and I mean it was it was sold out. That was Otto probably remembers Woman's Skate Rink. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I, it was, yeah, yeah. It I was, didn't go to any of I didn't go to any of these live things because y'all people in Harlem and and Manhattan are dangerous. So the only live stuff I saw was on Don Christian's rock concert. <laughs> oh well, well, listen, listen. I I spent a lot of time, a lot of time in, in Central Park going to the concerts. I'm talking about like Chicago, the Bee Gees, wow. Forever. Wow. Yeah, I've heard Return to Forever and Forever. You, you're the man because I'm staying out of Central Park, man. And, those and, people, and, are crazy. You know, those people go, crazy down there. <laughs> going, going in a in a fusion jazz sci-fi thing. Return Forever, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean a lot of groups, especially yeah. you know during our formative years. That went yeah, there. it was like in the mid seventies, like late seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know Patty Labelle, they always had that makeup and 
Mm-hmm. You know, they were gr- they were great. I mean, the costumes and the makeup and the the platform shoes and all. Yeah, they were fantastic. But even like we said, I remember one show talked about the fact that you had Jefferson Airplane that became Jefferson Starship. You know? I I saw them in Central Park too. Hmm. You live in you live in Central Park, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Listen, back back in the day, that was the place to be. I mean, I saw Donald Bird and the Blackbirds down there one time. Okay, Central Park, was not, Central Park was the only place to be if you wanted to be mugged or molested. <laughs> it wasn't there. But, you know, you found music there, bro. That's, that's cool. All right. I know what was going on there, our, our list and then off our list. But I remember that uh, when we were kids, that again, you know, a lot of people were doing that kind of uh, background stuff. And even as I got older, because I know we had like Steely Dan, and I know that um, Otto was saying that some of their works were inspired by what the works of what is saying A.E. Uh, Van Vogt. But yeah, I, I, I never heard of that. Science fiction writer, yeah. Someone wrote a someone wrote an article in the New York Times about Steely Dan because someone wrote a book about Steely Dan and how they couldn't really understand the Steely Dan lyrics. And uh, some people were satisfied never knowing what what the Steely Dan lyrics meant, but other people were like, you know, let's find out what this is. And so a lot of it was traced back to this science fiction writer. You know, things like the Expanding Man. These are the times of the Expanding mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. It was so pretty interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, uh, Donald Fagan is a is is an avowed um, science fiction fan, and he includes something in certain in the uh, solo work that he did. Right, and that's why and um, more and uh, and, uh, and so he's uh, uh, includes a lot of. Um, Otherworldly stuff in mm-hmm. uh, in his writing. Because mm-hmm. I'm I G Y. Um, a lot of people remember that you know the what is it? Inter international geophysical, geophysical year. International geophysical year. Um, was it 1980? Was it 84? Uh, no, it was uh, it was 1956 and seven. It, it was actually 18 months in those two years. And, oh, that's uh, right. Okay, but then the yeah, okay, and then it's based on that and the year it came out. Oh, in uh, eighty two, I think. Yeah. I mean, all those things are very futuristic things that were supposedly futuristic, you know. And um, I think somebody read it, and I read an article. Someone was saying how they thought that it seemed at first like you know this upbeat look to the future, but then kind of read it then later to be like a you know, cynical view of really? our view of the future. Yeah. Is it cynical? Yeah. Okay. Well, he had said of that of that uh, recording that it was uh, a, a kid who grew up in in the, that age and the stuff they were exposed to. It was really that kind of optimism he had because mm-hmm. we all believe that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like he said, um, we're on that train of graphite and glitter, on the sea by rail. Yep. Ninety minutes, 90 minutes from, from New York to Paris. Yeah, yeah, all those things we were promised, you know. Yeah, I, I like to listen to that again. Just machines that make big decisions. 
programmed by fellows with compassion and vision. You yeah. know, this is, you know, the world that we were promised and basically we never got it. Yeah, and spandex blankets for everyone. That's right. I have to listen to that again because I thought it was a happy-go-lucky song, but I guess, wow, that's interesting. You know, it was it was kind of like if you read uh, there was this there was this little thing that you got like I think it was like a penny a week or something like that called My Weekly Reader. Yeah, yeah, and it was like Time Magazine uh, news sheet for kids and everything. Yeah, right. Told you about all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and one that I remember that I never forgot because they were saying, and this is something you have to explain to your children and grandchildren now, but said, imagine you could get. uh, 500 people on a party line and you could get all of them to say hello at the same time and that would generate enough energy to boil an egg that's how microwaves work and this is like what's a microwave and stuff you know but that's and i always remember that little yeah all those things g wizards where it was something that's so incredible you just say well gee whiz yeah But the other song they had on there on, on the same, uh, and I think that was the last recording that was actually that he did was something that had two sides to it. But the lead on the side two was uh, New, Frontier, New Frontier. Yeah, it's another Night Fly album. Yeah, yeah, which was about a kid taking his uh, date on a tour of his father's fallout shelter and talking about mm-hmm. all the things you know that were really cool then like dave brubeck and all this yeah. kind of stuff and yeah oh. the other issue of the other um donald fagan associated piece is from um heavy metal and this is between his time with steely dan and going out on his own and which is the song true companion and um, i mean uh I guess if you saw it another, it's it's a really slow lyric, and it's about a spaceship called True Companion. It's a very short mm-hmm. piece, but really lovely. And of course, what's it about those? Um, it's just about them being on this spaceship, the True Companion, and I guess the guy who is there. You know, they're trying to get home, or they're like in one place out in the starlights or something. But he's thinking of. You know the green grass, I guess, of his home. It's very short. And it, it was in the movie Heavy Metal. Yes, it was. And if you hear it, you will. If you look it up, True Companion from Heavy Metal, and it's very short, but you will remember very memorable piece. Well, if you, if, I'm not, I hate to diverge, but if you told me the segment that it was associated with, I the guy who was the cab driver, it was playing in the. Background. Oh, okay, I got it. Yep. God, I haven't seen that movie in years. Okay, oh, yeah. I like to track, track that one down. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, if you hit anywhere on uh, like YouTube, pull it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I've titled Donald Fagan has a very interesting close harmonies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the first pieces he did by himself with those very close harmonies. That's neat. You know, I love cynicism. That's where I live. So, uh, well, wonderful. Yeah, but you know, talking talking about the movie Heavy Metal, that was nothing but space. I mean, it had Devo in there, Vega yeah. in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. This is the thing. True Companion. Very short. A crewman of the True Companion. I can see you're tired of action in this everlasting twilight. 
home is just a sad abstraction. Just beyond the troubled skyways, young men dream of fire and starshine. I've been dreaming of my own green world far across the reach of space time. And that's your companion. Very short. Very okay. Short. And you and you see with uh, speaking of Devo, Devo <laughs> they basically they had a philosophy that as we go into the future, it would be instead of evolution, de-evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that corporate America, the more corporate America controls things, the more we devolve. Yeah. yeah. Well, Here we are. Interesting. Yeah, I thought a very interesting. And you know, the movie Heavy Metal, you know, once again, it was mm-hmm. of course animated, and I think it's it's a it's a cult classic. It's lost. Absolutely. Um, but you know, it had a lot of music, good music there. And you know, the the impression for heavy metal is that it's a you know, it's a white person. Like the futuristic intergalactic stuff was more the a, a white person's space as opposed to a black people's space. You know, well, because they created it like that. It was created mm-hmm. for exclusion. And I think which mm-hmm. is right now we're fighting against, you know, these things, fighting pushing against that concept of you know this only being in anglo space i mean of course then you go to countries like uh japan and they, their own animated um program has them you know their their lives you know in space and their um program well, a lot of the anime don't you think a lot of the anime isn't it anglicized I don't yeah know. which i could never understand that yeah how you make the characters that are supposed to be you not look like you but i mean i think yeah, it's like when well, you see a lot of like the korean and chinese mm-hmm. works that i mean but even so i mean i think about but you like but check it out though put right. japanese you, correct you, like the mind and beef and beef where the yes. guy says you don't you don't want to marry some some white person then your children come out these stupid looking round eyes uh-huh you know? <laughs> so it's it's like uh you know, a lot of the anime have people with round eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that's blonde hair, blue eye, blue round eyes. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. I think, but I even think like Attack on Titan, which we watch, but those people aren't supposed to be Asian, which is a strange thing to me for an Asian company to make a show that doesn't have Asian people in it, which is weird. Yeah. I, I, again, I could, I could never understand that. But, but you know who we, we forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, what is her name? Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, yeah, the electric lady, and what Android. is her? What is her? Her um, what you call her? Uh, what you call it? Person? Her. Cindy Mayweather. Yes, thank you, Cindy Mayweather. Yeah, so I think yeah, very cool. Yeah, and and very very, um, science fiction. Yeah, so yeah, you can't, you can't forget Grace Jones. Yeah, Grace yeah. Jones. Well, I mean, I think Grace Jones, I'm trying to think, what do we know? Uh, what did she do that's really science fiction, though? Oh, my, it's like everything that Grace Jones did. It's wild. It's definitely wild. To me was, well, yeah, and a lot of this, even her videos, like Slave to the Rhythm, I mean, she has the automatic Grace, the, the um, uh, automatron, yeah, uh, Grace Jones, Grace Jones Garage. That comes out of the ground and swallows the car and then burps. Yeah, I mean it's very artsy. No, but you I don't I, think I, it's you don't think it's intergalactic futuristic. No, it's just very artsy to me. I mean, 
I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about it. Well, well, one thing we do know with her is that she she has a temper because I, an uh, artist that I used to represent, he used to be a bouncer at a lot of the clubs down downtown Manhattan. And he said one night she was, of course, she showed up late to the club and it was something she didn't like. And she took, uh, you remember how TVs used to have the big back? Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those TVs and she she chucked it out the window and it just missed them. Oh my goodness. Well, that's what you get mm. for standing there. <laughs> Next time move. The way of Grace's television. Yeah, come on, man. Nerve, what gall he has. Yeah, exactly. With being in the way of Grace's television. That is no clubs on, no clubs on Water Street. They didn't, they weren't too high anyway, so he's good. <laughs> Oh. And, and, and you know when you when you look at it during the age of disco, a lot of albums were with science fiction themes too. Like which ones? Uh, there was a group called Chase, and it was, the, I remember the album consisted of um, just two sides, and it was basically some Amazon women chasing the astronaut on the moon. <laughs> Okay. Wow. And then there Before, was um and on the nose. Yeah. And, on the nose. And then there was um a group called Quartz. Um they came out with an album that was very sci-fi themed. And then oh, there was a group called Space. And when they would they would disco group, but when they would they would mostly synthesize the course that when they would perform, they would have um astronauts you know, they would be dressed up as astronauts. And then, okay. of course, you have uh, Billy Preston, right? Space oh, race. that's true. Space, space race. race. Yeah. And Norman Connor. And Norman Connor. Norman Connor. Yeah. I'm sorry, you are my starship. Star you are my starship. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of people in the day who, you know, had these types of themes. Mm -hmm. You're very, you know, I and mean, I guess those things were seen to be, you know, I guess inspirational and prospective and looking toward the future or that we were, you know, progressing quickly toward it. But it seemed like it turned out more like that first episode of Heavy Metal with that cab driver. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know it's like, it seems like we're careening toward that dystopian type of yeah system. yeah doesn't yeah. it i hate to say it you know it's like man things are getting raggedy mm -hmm. yeah yeah well, I, I would agree i would agree yeah you know, but, but, but it seems other than under the donald fagan it seems like you know the norman norman connor you are my starship and all the other space you know david Bowie stuff it was all very hopeful. Yeah. Um, in late uh, late 70s, early 80s, what happened exactly? What 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 occurred? That that's no longer the case. I think one of the things is the difference between um, science fact and science fiction. And when that gap narrows, you know, because science fiction used to be almost like magic. And because it's like magic, you know, it's like anything is possible. Anything can happen. 
But then you have people that tell you that, you know, King Kong could not have walked around because mathematically his weight would be too heavy and he would break his own legs. Well, people are going through, you know, talking to you about the science of things such that, you know, you thought everything was possible, but then telling you basically that it's not. And I think that kind of, you know, takes the air out of the room a little bit. You know, when you start, the science fact becomes so much part of pop culture that science fiction kind of gets edged out. And the hopefulness that you have in science fiction, because that can't happen, you can't do that. Well, that's impossible. I think that, which is why Star Wars, I think, was so successful, because they had sense enough to create um, something that is spiritual plus, you know, the science fiction. So you didn't have to rely on the fact that you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, it's different because, you know, they have this spiritual thing called the force, you know, it's kind of like magic that jumps in and kind of jumpstarts everything. So yeah. I think that, yeah, because, I mean, you know, back then, listen, when I used to watch Lost in Space, I just knew that things were progressing where we would be heading out, you know, out mm-hmm. into the outer, outer galaxy and all of that. Mm-hmm. Thing. And um, 2001, when you saw, uh, what was it, Pan Am, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you, you just knew this was the way that things were headed, but once um once nasa stopped with skylab and basically skylab fell out of orbit and burnt up coming back to earth you know reality kind of set in mm-hmm. i think go ahead mm-hmm. well i was gonna say i think what it is is it uh it's, it's kind of what goes along with star wars was that it was science fiction for people who never took a science class they never explain how anything worked. Uh, the difference is, you look at, it seems like if you belong to Starfleet, you have to take an arts class somewhere because everybody either played an instrument or painted or they um, or they joined an acting class somewhere, but you never saw anybody read instructions on anything in Star Wars. And the science, if you try to say, well, how can they do this? Like, how can an X-wing fighter travel the same distance as a galactic cruiser? Like, what kind? What was their fuel source to do that? So it was things you just let it happen to you. You didn't think about it, and it's kind of gone to the same sort of illiteracy that makes you think that horse tranquilizer will cure a disease, or it was just like the cold and it'll go away in the spring when it gets warm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think that's I think that's right. I also think that science has not benefited a lot of people. So so, so science advancements, you know, people saying stuff like during the pandemic that you know it, it was a it was a scheme by Microsoft to put chips in in people and all this kind of stuff. So science is, science is not everyone's friend. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more. I think more people see it, see science advancement as not benefiting their lives at all. And so that that science future is. They look at it like, what is that doing for me? But the unfortunate thing is that you talk about how science doesn't benefit you, and what is that thing in your pocket? How does that work? So they don't look at the whole picture. They just look at the part that you know where it's out to get me or something. But you know. 
I think that they were saying most of NPR when the, the thing in, in uh, Britain was a lot of people didn't want to get vaccinated because they were going to put a tracking device in it. And the guy said, with the world weary, uh, weary sign, they're tracking you already on your phone. Yeah. yeah and, before, and before that, they were tracking you based on what show you watch, what telephone you make. I mean, remember phone books? You know, where mm -hmm. you can, like, had a book and your name was there, your address and your telephone number. You know, mm -hmm. you've been tracked all your life. You know, you got a birth certificate, you got a social security number. There's nothing new. It's just more a different way of tracking you. Yeah, that, but, <laughs> see, see, that's the argument I would get at where I work at because God bless us, a woman that lives in the building I work at, she was carrying on about she's not getting vaccinated because they're, they're going to put a chip in you. And I'm like, my God, that has to be a really, really, really tiny chip. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is, what exactly are you doing that you want to protect anyone from spying on you? What, what, what makes your life so interesting that of all the billions of people on the earth, they want to see what you're doing? Yeah, and I would tell her, listen, if if the government wants to find out about you, they will do it. They don't have to do it by a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they could do it by the dollar bills, the money that you use. The money that you your don't credit use. cards, you know. Yeah, you know your 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 Kroger Plus card. Yeah, you know, there's so many ways. You know your 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 Metro card. Yeah, um, it's come on. Now you worry about a, a somebody shooting something in you. Well, that's that's how that's how they in New York City. That's how people that commit crimes are caught sometimes with their Metro card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, you say oh, so many oh well, I wasn't I wasn't at, at Fordham Road and and mm -hmm. Jerome Avenue, and then they check your metro card. They're like, okay, yeah, you weren't. Yeah, yeah, your 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 toll tags. Yeah, come on, you know, you know what I mean. But people look at look at technology, and they don't see any benefit. It didn't lift their standard of living. Well, they don't I have the jetpacks. They're not living like the jet. <laughs> well, but 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 I know it's. I think it's even. I don't know, I don't want to say basic or more than that. It's the fact that they do not understand the science that they live with to be science. You know, they don't understand the telephone that they have to be science, a product of science. They don't understand the stoves they cook on, or their microwave ovens to be a product of science, the electricity that runs through their homes. They don't understand it to be a product of science. This is just a thing that just happens to be there. You know, how it got there, they don't know. They don't even think of the water pumping into their homes, you know, to wash, to make food, that there is science that is involved in having those processes occur. That they don't think that deeply, I think. And that's my position. They don't think that deeply. That, that could be true. Why it is that things happen, how these things happen. What are the processes that cause these things to happen? You know, it's like me sitting in front of a computer. You know, I know how to type into the computer what it is that I want. I know that when I, you know, strike these series of keys, what is supposed to happen on the screen. But if you told me, you know, I had to fix it, well, I sure couldn't. I respect the fact that certain people can, but I don't have that knowledge. I don't have the knowledge to program it to do the things that it is that I need it to do for me. 
I know only those things that I need to know in order to get it to work to do things I want it to do. I think that's how most people approach science and technology. And if, yeah, that's your, and if that's your approach, it's not going to influence your art, whatever little art you are making. Yeah, I, I think it's called technological lag mm-hmm. in, in sociology, technological lag, where the technology is will always be way ahead of the masses, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, things like a refrigerator. We all have them in our homes, but do we all know how they work? You know, if it broke down, would you be able to repair it yourself? You have to call someone to do it or trash it and buy a new one. No, I, you know? I, I chuck it out the window like like Grace Jones did. Throw it That's, right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Absolutely. I you know, you know. But right. you should have a basic curiosity about what it is. I mean, you don't have to name, you know, like there's very few things that you can fix on your car yourself nowadays. Um, you might be able to change the oil if you really adventurous, but the all the old days where you could swap out the alternator or something like that, those days are still gone. But still you should have at least a modicum of curiosity about how does this work so you can kind of understand why it doesn't work or Chris, I, uh, I think you're expecting way too much. Yeah, you expect way too much from me. Think like that. Because I, I don't. I, I just know that the car is supposed to work. And when it's not working, then something happened. And that's the extent. I mean, I'm not I'm curious about things that I can possibly understand. And maybe it's the intimidation factor. And you know, I'm not intimidated by a lot of stuff. But the intimidation factor when I lift the hood of a car, it's like I don't know how any of this goes together. And I'm not even gonna touch it or mess with it. I'm just gonna call someone. And and then, you know, when when was the last time you saw a TV? repair shop you know that or if your tv who who, who among us has a television or who new among us that has tell that has television has had a television that didn't work and you took it to a repair shop to be repaired yeah and that that back in the day that was supposed to be how i was supposed to make my living because i went to to Gompers high school in the bronx uh brooklyn had western house okay mm-hmm. And you went there to learn radio and TV. And I never forget, um, my first year, the teacher was like, okay, I'm going to teach you guys about uh, picture tubes and tubes, mm-hmm. cathode ray tubes. But he said, I'm just doing it. He said, don't even really get into it because the transistor has already made them obsolete. And by the time you leave, leave the school, the transistor will be obsolete. Wow. Was it true? Pretty much, yeah. And when when you look at it now, it's almost like when it comes to appliances like TVs and and such, we've become a disposable society. Absolutely. Yeah. I sent my laptop in to be repaired. The company that's supposed to repair it, they said, you know what? We'll just write you a check. Buy a new one. Yeah. We're not, fix, we're not fixing this. It goes in the garbage or in outer space or wherever the hell it goes. <laughs> yeah. And you and, and said, wait, what about my hard drive? You don't have a hard drive. It's in, in trans, it's, uh, what is it? Solid. Um, solid state. Solid state laptop. So there's no hard drive. Here's a check. Don't call us. We'll call you. 
Yeah, that's 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 the way things are today, you know. So, yeah, those people who are who are living in places other than everyone on this uh, in this in this call live, they don't see technology influencing their lives at all to any betterment. And then someone says, you know, we're gonna everybody's getting sick in the country. We're gonna shoot you up with this vaccine that's gonna help you live. And someone else says it's a it's it's not if. It's a trick. It's a cookbook. No, it's not a cookbook. It's a it's a microchip in it, and they'll believe it because technology they believe has done nothing for them. But also, you have to understand, a lot of people like this isn't going to put a chip in it. So, have you ever seen one before? Have you no, seen a chip in your is. life that's small enough to they fit? Think, people think five G. A, a needle. You know, the country's going. The country's going five G, and people think five G number one caused COVID or something or some. In some way to to do whatever to people, so they don't want that technology. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, and and and, and I give I give you another story from where I work at. One of my coworkers, one time, this guy that he knows, say, "Here, I want you to take a drive with me," and he actually drove drove my coworker up and down Brownsville, pointing out to. To like um, what is it the the for uh, cell phones? Mm-hmm. Cell towers. Yeah, and he was pointing them out, saying, "See that? See that? Once they vaccine you, then the five G is going to be in you, and those towers are how they're going to track you." <laughs> wow. Well, there are things that this is a real conversation I had two days ago. Uh, I was in Dollar Tree. And uh, so there's this lady uh, in the aisle, and I was trying to find a uh, the base plug, the part that you plug the charge cable into. And I'm looking at this stuff, and she's talking about how they have all of their DVDs on the, um, they put them all up too low for you to look for them because they're on the bottom shelf. And I'm saying, yeah, they always do that and everything. And she was saying that she likes action movies. And I said, okay, you know, which, you know, that, and so um, I pointed out her to sign where for this week they're on, they're two for a dollar and stuff. So she's all excited and looking through them and stuff and says, ooh, you said, I like Steve Seagal. And at that point, I started slowly backing away from what she was. <laughs> oh, Lord. But she okay. went, but, but she continued and said, uh, but I don't, I don't understand why he hasn't come back from Russia yet. <laughs> huh? I vaguely remembered reading that he had moved to the Soviet Union for some strange reason. It's like several years ago or something. But she apparently keeps up with Steven Seagal and says, um, yeah, he's, he's been over there six years now. And I said, yeah, that sounds about right, you know. And she said, oh, I still wait for him to come back. No, but she says, but you know what I think? And I said, what? As you had to ask what, didn't you? Away, what? And she said, he's not really over there just, just because he moved there. He's over there working for the CIA. Why? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the CIA asked him to do it, and it's Chuck Seagal. And I said, okay. Steven Seagal. And I said, yeah, yeah, okay. So at that time, I said, I'm not going to find what I'm looking for here. And she's between me and the door. So <laughs> I'll go on around there and leave. 
but we have moved into a sort of a thing where we we are told to ignore facts and we can just make up anything that feels whatever um whatever worldview that we have yeah so i would get people to come in the library and this one guy came in and you know took pity on him because he's you know um rather than having to spend two dollars a day to get on the computer i just i said i would break all the rules and just give him a card with no id or anything because i knew he was homeless so right. i gave him the card and he was grateful the next day he came back and he put the card on the counter and he pushed it across the counter like it was something flaming and contaminated and said delete this take this out take this out take this out and he kept saying that and i said okay i'll take it out for you and he stood there till he saw me do something but she couldn't see the screen so he had no idea what i was really doing but i was taking it out and then he relaxed and finally said i don't want this because i don't want them to track me okay i'm done I'm finished. No, I can't. I'm taking the microphone off my shirt and I'm storming out the studio. (laughs) Um, So the thing is, though, you know, you. I'm trying to think. Well, why would we waste resources on tracking you when you have nothing we need to know about, and you're in here standing under a camera every day? (laughs) You're a better man than me because I would. I would tell who wants to find about you. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wait, maybe so maybe maybe a, a soap company or something but who well part of it is that it makes you feel important that right. you know that people are looking for me so it validates your existence but you really don't think about well why would we want to do that you know but and, and see when when somebody is like that i say okay for argument's sake Let's say that that's true what you're saying. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. What, what, what are you What are you going to do about it? What What is What is your options? What are you going to do? But I'm get it up. I'm taking it up for President Biden. That's what. <laughs> but but well, but getting back to 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 music though. You had a group from Canada, uh, Rush, right? Yes. And they they were very. They were very, you know, sci-fi influenced, and also none for none. They were they were also influenced by Anne Rad for some reason. I, you know, but I guarantee you, if you were to play what's their song, um, uh, Cygnus X, mm-hmm. to somebody, you know, like somebody that's millennial or or Generation Z today, mm-hmm. they they would they wouldn't be able to get into it hmm. well i was going to ask what 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 songs today are futuristic or 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 reflective of what the kind of future that we saw in the late 70s and early 80s well, is there any music about, out there well earlier we were talking about janelle monet she has a huge body of work that you know is futuristic um based so she does, and I. We, in fact, we were talking about uh, earlier today. Uh, what is it? A uh, blast off, which is kind of like you know, doing Tondra stuff of you know, it took a little something to get here. Um, blast off to kiss the moon tonight, you know. I I, I to go crazy from out of space. So I, you know, mm-hmm. 
maybe um, in the here and now, maybe people that are into into um, techno, mm. you know, maybe maybe they, you know, maybe they get into like a futuristic sci-fi type of thing mm -hmm. with with techno, you know. Um, I think maybe the group what they what do they call it? So Daft Punk. Yeah, certainly Daft Punk. That is yeah. Um, yeah. but other than that, I I don't not know. Much. Not, even not Daft much. But even Daft Punk, it's, it, it's kind of like it's a dystopian. Less more of a gimmick. Uh, Isn't it more of a gimmick? Yeah, it's a gimmick, but again, dystopian, you know, of um I don't, I don't know. I don't think of it as being Yay, everything is you know gonna be all right, except for a couple of songs. But like, like you said, you know, we used to have songs that talked about either the criticism, as you said, or they were hopeful or something. But I mostly hopeful. Same, yeah, mostly but hopeful because you talk about uh, uh, techno stuff and you talk about mm -hmm. craft work, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we want yeah. the train that could take me from. New York to LA in a couple of hours, you know that. That yeah. yeah, if that if that happened, if if, if let's say, you know, nineteen seventy nine, the nineteen seventy nine me, mm -hmm. we look at the twenty twenty three me and say, yeah, a train that takes you from New York to LA, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, in two hours, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I wouldn't be surprised if I could like Star Trek. It's like if I could like, uh, uh, you know. You know, go from one place uh, in the, in the transporter from one place mm -hmm. to another. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that happened. Right, right. But it, it seems it seems to me now that music doesn't reflect that look of the look to the future, and it seems to my to me also there's a total distrust of the future and science. Right. I agree. I don't think people look to the future for things to get better. You know. Yeah. Um... I mean, uh, again, with disco, uh, remember, what is it, Sharon? Oh. And he came out with the song Super Nature, which was about... Oh, nature. Generic, yeah. <laughs> you know, generic engineering. But yeah, um, the, future, the future is bleak. Well, and, and I think people see it as bleak. I think people see it as, as not really something that they participate in. It's just something that, you know, billionaires participate in, like Elon Musk with with the SpaceX that blew up. Or not yeah. no, it didn't blow up. It was it was an unscheduled oh, un, it was a, <laughs> unscheduled rapid disassembly or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what oh, it was. Lord. It didn't it didn't it didn't explode. It didn't explode. But you know, the the, the, the province of the future is for those with resources. But isn't that the same thing we see? I mean, I'm getting off from music, but like films like Elysium and stuff like that, where, you know, these places, I think it's Elysium, the one where the rich live up, you know, on some place and the poor live down on earth. Yeah, that's Elysium, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the mindset people have, that we live in a post-apocalyptic world of uh, want for the rich, you know, preparing for themselves to live in you know, their gardens of Eden. Okay. Okay. Well, if you're too busy trying to make a living, you can't dream about the future and make it better. So yeah. why try? And why reflect it in your art? 
But then it stopped in the night. Then it stopped in the late seventies and early eighties. But in the back in the space race, we were still on the high from the space race. We can all do it together. Used to be the thought. Yeah. Now yeah. it's you know it's on. Every man for himself, man. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't. It wasn't the fact that we were working that that distracted us. Is the fact that you know once again, someone put up a velvet rope, and mm-hmm. said that you can't you you don't belong in here. This yeah. is what you're. Yeah. So the music and the culture and, I mean, you have Janelle Monae and some other people, but I think that's fringe, because you know during the late seventies and early eighties, the future the future techno, and uh, science and all that science technology was in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. But but what okay, what let me throw this out here. What about do you think maybe it's also a case of people, you know, the things that have been going on for the last, you know, near the end of um the 20th and the beginning of the 20th century, do you think maybe people have an attitude of like been there, done that, and like it's the end of history? No, because I mean, if you think about it this way, when we look at the space program and we look at all the things that are supposed to have been coming up, I mean, the one thing, of course, we didn't get our jetpacks or our spaceships, and maybe people have given up on the concept that we're going to ever have jetpacks and spaceships. And if we're not going to have jetpacks and spaceships, then what is it that we're waiting for? And what is it that the new next thing that's going to bring us all together, you know, take us to that next level? And basically, that's the real science is caught up with the science fiction. And now, what is it that we're waiting for to do? You know, will we be, a lot of people thought we'd be leaving this planet. That was a thing that many people, you know, wanted to do. Looking I, I think, I think science, mm-hmm. science equals to a lot of people, to many people. Um, science equals diversity. And, and so if you, you know, they don't necessarily want diversity. I think it's so, even more than that. I think it's a science, science equals merit. It's like you have to be able to know something. You cannot fake it. You know, you cannot lie about it or cheat it. Facts are facts. Numbers are numbers. So that's the one thing, you know, that they don't like science because science gets down to the brass tacks of reality of that. This is, you know, one plus one is two. You're hoping and wishing that is something else isn't going to make it anything else. You know, it will always be two, you know. The math is the math, and I think a lot of people resent that of um, people who are, you know, as we would call them, you know, the slackers, you know, and the wannabes, you know. Well, look at the uh, look make at the Elizabeth, the Elizabeth Holmes of the world. Exactly. And the, exactly. And the Facebook, the Facebook Meta, and the yeah. and the uh, and the Instagram. People look at that as the future. As oh a, yeah, as a, I like it. And, it's, they, it's and they, they can't. And they say that one, not one. Not one damn positive thing that came out of any of that. Right, because a lot of it is not real. You know, a lot of it is not real. You know, Elizabeth Holmes wanted things to be a certain way. She had these wonderful ideas, but they were not real. You know, they were fantasy, make-believe. You know, the thing that she said, we're going to do this, and it's going to have one little drop of blood. It's going to be able to be examined for all these different things. And it was impossible to do it. The technology does not exist to do that. So why say that you're going to do a thing? Just you saying so is not going to make it real. 
And that's, we have a big problem in our society now. And when the thing is, you know, you talk about pandemic, that is a pandemic in this world. People thinking just because they want something to be a certain way that it is, and it's just not. And I mean, well, very, very puerile, infantile way of um, examining and navigating the world. Well, I think on one on one level, it's like the famous and too often quoted remark from Arthur C. Clarke that the uh, technology of any sufficiently advanced society would seem like magic to a lesser advanced society. Exactly. And done, we have elevated science to the point of being like magic. And we just want these things to work and we don't understand how or why or what the consequences are. But that's just it, you know, like... Um, if you explain somebody, you know, like what just vaguely, you know, why, why, how do you get the bars on your phone? They might vaguely be able to tell you that, but they really don't understand how it works. It's just a magic box that does what you want it to. And uh, all you want to do is you want to consume it, but you don't want to understand it. Right. I was thinking about the, we were watching just recently, I guess a video was online about the man who created the, uh, was it um, chlorofluorocarbons and also uh, the lead that goes into the lead gas and how this one guy's inventions, you know, pretty much destroyed our world because he wanted to, you know, have a job and he wanted to be considered, um, you know, a, you know, someone who's a celebrity in his scientific efforts without thinking about, you know, what the long-term effects would be of what it was that he was doing. And I think that this is, you know, where we are. I think a lot of people have a distrust of science and technology because of things like that. People doing things that, you know, it's, it sounds good right now. It makes perfect sense uh, scientifically, but you don't think about what the possible drawbacks of it are. You know, that, you know. Well, it's like the same, the same thing with the people who did the Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they knew they were working on a bomb, right, mm-hmm. that would kill hundreds of thousands of people. But even at that level, it's like they still didn't know the extent of the destruction that they were opening the world up to. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have that, but, you know, you, you going back to music, you can't think of really any major song like, you know, Fame or Space Race or any of the other songs that were, were quoted on the show that that's in the mainstream now, people are talking about sex and drugs for the most part. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything else that people are really debating or, you know, it's like pretty much we're going to keep both feet on the ground and, you know. Yeah, and, 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 when, and when you look at it, when it comes to music, okay, you can pretty much set up your own studio in your living room Mm -hmm. and that totally knocks out a lot of people that you know play different musical instruments and all of that there and i i just think that the creative process has kind of gotten narrow because of that Mm -hmm. yeah because it's no longer a collaborative process Yeah, people aren't, uh, they're not writing uh, rap songs about, you know, what's going to happen in the future or or, or, or any, you know, songs like a, a starship going to 
take me up tonight. They're not writing any of that stuff like that. It's it's just, uh, uh, I mean, you you guys hear what's out there. You know, you hear what the pop the popular music is out there. A lot of it is self glorification or, mm-hmm. um, you know, once again, sex or drugs or you know, WAP or something. It's just it's really basic stuff, man. It's more we become more ground, more tied to the earth and day-to-day bodily functions or whatever it is. We're not thinking about um, going to Jupiter. Right. You know? I mean, even, even, you know, in a sense, even with with Stevie Wonder's higher ground, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You're just not seeing quality stuff out here anymore and, and I'm not I hate to be you know I hate to be pistol whipping this generation and millennials but it's just a statement of fact but I mean I think that when we don't create uh, a world where there is expectation you know what is the expectation you know why are we doing these things where are we reaching to I think the problem is that everything now is internalized because it's internalized. But, yeah, it's internalized. but I was going to say also to any prospect of a positive future is behind a paywall. So if you can't get beyond the paywall, you can't see it. How are you going well, to do When you say that, though, Sonia, what do you mean? Like what all exactly, the Star Trek the, shows, all the Star Wars programs, they're all streaming. Not everybody can access streaming. They used to be on broadcast TV. Mm-hmm, that's true. You can't read you can't read the latest developments in science because they've put it behind the paywall on on the internet when you go to the library if you can afford can't afford a computer you got to go to the library to read you can't afford a subscription you can't get beyond that paywall to even read the newspapers sometimes yeah but kids consider that stuff old you know it's like the technology they have today and and like james i'm not going to try to pistol whip this generation but the technology they have today is, is another way of looking at themselves, you know, showing pictures and of what they eat. That gives you know, me t- some. That gives me some hope for people who are digital natives. Yeah, because they figured a way to get beyond that. But and the I don't ones know. that are now in no, between, I, I I agree with what Sonya is saying because <laughs> you can't tell me that whether it was. The, the classic Star Trek Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, you can't tell me that when these shows were on broadcast TV that there were chill, children, young adults, whatever, out there watching it that that was a catalyst to get them into science. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think kids today will sit still and watch a Star Trek episode, whether it's the original series or whatever latest version of uh, Discovery, of Discovery, that, whatever it's called, I don't think that they'll sit still for it. Because I, think, I think a lot of kids have moved away from kids, young adults, in the middle. I mean, you know, older than young adults have moved away from broadcast television, and almost all of them get their news and everything from streaming services now. I agree. Yeah, because that, was, but they, but most of them can't afford streaming. That was the one good thing that I saw a possible future. What was in that that network that only could do the short segments that Quibi? died? Quibi. Quibi. 
had the Quibi model actually worked, there may have been more people going, okay, we're going to put our stuff out on YouTube and make our money through that. Now, people are just now realizing, wait, we don't need broadcast TV. We don't need streaming. Just put it on YouTube, build up enough of a following. We can make our money on the uh, advertising from that. Or we can put it up on our website and charge people, yeah, I, I agree with charge you. I agree advertisers, with you, and the younger people are finding stuff that way. But until more of them realize that's what, or us adults who have the time and money to make these things for them to realize that, they, they're yeah. getting paywall after paywall after paywall. No, I, but and they're I, still I, entertaining I, themselves. Yes. Well, I agree. I agree with you to a certain extent, but I have millennials living with me, and they have access to everything. There's no, there's no streaming service they don't have access to, and that's they're not watching we, that. That's because some they're of us are paying it. it for them, though. I know, but they're not watching. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. They're not. They're not stopped. No, by they're, paywall. Let me they're going to clear. YouTube to look for stuff. No, they're not. Or they're not other for places. They aren't. They're on TikTok and 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 Meta. Yeah, you can Instagram. make it interesting. They're not doing it. People are they're doing. They're not looking for Star Trek, though. I, yeah, I but there are people making. But there are people making new music, new everything on those platforms you mentioned. But us older folk aren't measuring it, so we don't know what they're actually paying attention to, because we're still stuck in the broadcast mind. I'm, I until don't, you I don't measure think that it. Until you no, measure I don't think it, I am. I don't think I'm not I am, saying but think yes, but we're the we're we're not the normal people. I'm not that I was well, excluding saying, the people just, in this I, phone call. But, I, but I'm saying <laughs> the things that most people read, like the New York Times, the the Washington Post, even the New York Post mm -hmm. magazines. It doesn't. There's no. There's no. There's no point to the future, like we had during the late 70s and 80s. The media doesn't support it. It may be in some digital corner somewhere, and God yes. bless them if they are there. They but, are finding you know, the it. Thing, correct. The, the fact of the matter is, the you know the, the millions of people that voted in a Democrat or Republican you know election, those people they are not in the corner somewhere. You know the fact is that we we have a society right now, despite this corner. That you know the 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 music doesn't reflect it, the popular culture doesn't reflect it, the hope the hopefulness of the music that we all grew up with in the mm -hmm. the time past it just it, it isn't there. And God, like I said, God bless us if, if it's in a corner somewhere, but you know it's just it's just not coming out. I think it's in a corner somewhere, hidden from the older folk who aren't doing the searching for that. The younger people know where it is, they tell each other where it is, <coughs> and they just automatically go to it. We, the, uh, most Americans uh, and, and most media, wait until it goes viral. And by the time it's gone viral, it's already old for them. The, the only thing that's going viral is cocaine bear. That's going viral. <laughs> There's nothing of any true cultural import that's hitting so rare under a rock that we haven't seen. And, and, and you know, that's the, it used to be that way. 
Because back in the day, in the hood, we knew what fashion was, we knew what music was. It hadn't hit it, hit the mainstream. If we saw it on television, we knew that it was old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's, it's not, things are, time... too, things are too interconnected for you to, I understand what you're saying, but it's not, that's not what's happening. It's the fact that we have, a, we have young people who are not, who are being groomed <laughs> through his music. Like we were groomed through our music to be hopeful for the future and futuristic things and technology. They're groomed in my mind, in my, my opinion, to be the opposite. They're groomed to be consumers. And the people think that, I mean, I, I told you when I realized that there was a problem is when you had young people who think being an influencer is a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the future for them. The future is using whatever technology is out there to for self-aggrandizement or mm-hmm. self or looking at their belly button. That's the that's the technology. Yeah, but I, 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 I think that there there is hope with with um young people in that if they're involved in trying to to save the environment and correct the 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 best that we made you know before them yeah it's it's hopeful yep let's start making some music yeah now if if those if that section uh, um, of young people, Generation Z, can pick up a guitar and a bass and a drum. Yeah. Yeah. There's that song, remember, Time Loop by Neo? Yeah. That was like, you know, a funny song, but, yeah, you know, it talks about, you know, time travel and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you can, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a parody, but, you know, you can have songs yeah. out there that have, you know, you know that's that's enjoyable and it's not depressing or anything but you know i guess we'll have to wait and see yeah oh they're going to korea for that yeah and it's great k-pop yeah but k-pop are k-dramas i put in the chat links i just typed web series in a search for TikTok, and looking at all of this different fan series series that Younger people are TV, uh, what we would call TV series that younger people are putting up on TikTok mm-hmm. or making for TikTok. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, I'm looking at our time and I think it's about time to wrap it up. So um, I'm going to start it. To talk, I was trying to do it before Nikki left, but I was she left already. Okay, so I'm going to start with you, Cranston. Your, uh, your sign off here. So what is your takeaway? Yeah, well, I think that the um, um, the uh, people who are associated with uh, fantastic uh, literature and science fiction and even horror fall into three groups. They're the ones who were one-hit wonders, like they only did it once and they never went back. Uh, although we have heard from them, still hear from a lot of them, uh, they're the ones who try to do with that in everything they do. And one that we didn't get around to discussing who has a, um, 
that has a science fiction and even a horror component in a lot of his material is Sting, believe yeah. it or not. And uh, then there are those who um, incorporate their uh, into their work. And one, I'll just mention one, and that's uh, Dexter Wansell, who is somebody who is still active and is based in Philadelphia, but he always included a lot of uh, science fiction elements in his stuff back in the uh, early 70s, and he just did one that was called the... Um, uh this uh report of the uh flight crew on the mission to mars back in 2021 so there are still people out there you just have to kind of search for them sometimes and try to support them if you can mm -hmm. all right thank you all right otto yeah i think uh i think what Cranston said is right but you know the thing the, I, I hate to keep reaching back to like the late 70s and early 80s we never had a search for Parliament Funkadelic or search for Patty LaBelle. It was it was there, and I, and I think there's a, there's a reason why it's not there. The future doesn't look as bright. We don't have that that tendency to to go toward the future and expectations. Um, I think people are young people, especially but all of us, are are being groomed to consume. We're more Kardashian than Kennedy Space Center. So, you know, we, we, you know, I'm waiting, like baseball, basketball players wait for the next great player. Now I'm waiting for the next, you know, parliament, Funkadelic. I'm waiting for the next uh, uh, LaBelle. Um, I think, I think we'll see it. We'll know it when we see it. We won't have to search too hard. We know that, you know, just like uh, 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 the song, uh, Sounds of Silence, you know, it's mm -hmm. written on subway, you know, subway walls and tenement halls. Mm -hmm. It's there. It'll come to the, it'll come to the fore. Um, we have to be patient, but it's not, it's certainly not out there now. Mm -hmm. Wait, Sonia? Uh, um, I'm, I'm somewhat hopeful because technology has, has, a, is having a way of democratic, democratizing or loosening the grip from the stakeholders. And I think once that happens, we're gonna see an explosion of, or become aware of a talent that's out there mm -hmm. doing the songs we're looking for, um, know who Sun Ra is, or know who Parliament are, or all of our other, free, you know, people are just, some of the young people are just now learning the Beatles and hearing Yellow Submarine. So, you know, there's hope. Maybe they'll find some of our older stuff and go, hey, now this had kind of had a beat. Let's see if what we can do. And wait, you know, now that there's some outlook for goal for the future, we're trying to get to Mars. You know, maybe mm -hmm. that will help inspire folks now that it seems like people are trying to find ways to inspire. James? Um. Well, as long as, you know, every now and then we have uh, uh, somebody like Janelle Monet, mm -hmm. you know, there's hope. As long as we have um, George Clinton, was it a couple of years ago, came out with uh, uh, three, this set, um, mm -hmm. Shake the Gate, 
and on that album he had a he had a, a bunch of young people that were working with him so as long as you get somebody like him doing that and janelle monet and definitely the spirit of jimmy jimmy hendrick lives yeah. on there's hope right all right you all well thank you all very much you blurred assassins next door for giving us your insights and thoughts um we will be back again next week here in the other hood again like to wish Otto a very happy birthday. Happy, um, happy birthday. And um Thank y'all. And for the rest of you all, have a wonderful remainder of the weekend. Have a great and happy Earth Day today. And I guess the remainder of you know their Earth weekend. And uh we'll be back again, like I said, next uh Saturday night. Have a productive week and we'll see you then. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.